doesn't matter. <laughs> that was me just quoting Lion King. That's all. Oh, so yeah, it, like, it doesn't matter. Kind of it's in the past. Mixed European accent. It doesn't matter. Well, it's in the past. <laughs> Historically, I'm not really good at accents. That's not true. I went to that Mexican restaurant last night that you've been recommending for as long as I've known you, I think. Yes. I gotta say, it was delicious. Had that chipotle chicken. I asked for the corn, but they gave me rice. I didn't have the heart to tell them this is not You're, what I wanted. You screwed up. <laughs> I'm non-confrontational. You know this about me. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Shocker. But it was good. The did mole. You, you tried the mole sauce? Mole did they bring that to you on the side? They did. Was it, like, crazy? I've never had anything like it. Isn't it insane? I felt like I was inside of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> I started looking around thinking like, is everything in this room edible? <laughs> it was really good. I had a drink. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had a tiki drink or something. Oh, which it one? Like, it was some cocktail with uh, rum. With rum, it was pretty good. And uh, the chips and salsa, oh my God. Aren't they incredible? And they, they kept bringing us yes, baskets of I, chips. I know. Before the last, we had like three or four buckets of chips before the food even got there. Mm-hmm. And the salsas. Every salsa. Every one, yeah. The one, the third one, the, the mini one, yes. that one's my favorite. That's just like special Cholula or it's something. It's like pure flavor. Yeah. It's so good. They, but they put in the tiny dish. So it's hard to get your chip in there. But they ch- they change that one sometimes. So oh. I don't even know which one you had. Cause, cause, but the one that I'm familiar with, the third tiny salsa. <laughs> yeah. This sounds crazy to people listening. <laughs> yes. But the third tiny salsa, the one that I'm familiar with, is incredible. Um, I thought and it you was had the butter cake, too. And the butter cake. Wasn't that unreal? I was transported to an, <laughs> another place in time. Are you being... Are it you, was an out-of-body experience. Are you speaking in hyperbole right now? Are you messing with me? I have been known to be a sensationalist, but I'm dead serious okay. when I say it might be the best dessert yes. like, that I've had. Yes. I always have said... To pretty much no one, because I've never talked about this out loud. I've always said in my mind <laughs> that <laughs> that I always tell myself <laughs> in the mirror at night that the their butter cake is yes. equivalent with a sidecar donut. Would you agree? I would. I would even say it's better. It's better. Wow. But that's because well, if ice you, cream is my favorite thing, and it comes uh, with the ice cream. Yeah. Well, it's just like a slice of vanilla. Yeah. Or a scoop. A scoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, in the last, not even 24 hours, in the last 10 hours, what time is it right now? It's three. 16 hours. I've watched two, two, two and a half hour movies. Richard was two and a half hours? Yeah. One was King Richard, and the other one was House of Gucky. House of Gucky. Both biop biopics biopics <laughs> Wait, and i was not is it biopic or bio but bio, it's biopic i became immediately self-conscious of mispronouncing You're it. like is am i talking about going to the optometrist <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting a biopic <laughs> this weekend no no they're both biopics okay. it makes more sense to say biopic but so a good double feature well if you're planning your we'll weekend talk. around it we'll talk but this podcast alone is me making recompense to Gabe for holding his own when it comes to the pig podcast, the last duel and any other podcast where I forced him to go see a movie on his own and then come and talk about it. Well, you it. never forced me. And I think there are far more episodes where you've seen the content and I have not. Yeah. Mainly with, with streamings, TV series and stuff. But, but this is interesting because now we've both seen a new Scott movie 
how the turntables and i saw the better one (laughs) (laughs) that's true last duel is probably most undoubtedly better than house of gucky gucky but for it's actually pronounced gucci i know i know listener i know i like gucky but i'm gonna say gucky because i'm a gucky i'm not italian neither of these actors okay so so let's let's talk about king richard first really quick because mm-hmm. it'll lead us and then I, we can talk about house of gucci king richard watched it on hbo max mm-hmm. and it was really good uh, will smith was amazing in it this is not the shakespeare king <laughs> no no i should say yeah it's it's a biopic about venus and serena williams they're tennis professionals and some of the most famous athletes today Mm-hmm. And this is about their father and basically how he helped them and aided them and coached them to get to be where they are today. And his name is Richard Williams. And he's played by Will Smith. This whole movie was produced by Will Smith. I got that impression from yeah the fact that Will Smith was in it. Yeah. And this is one of those classic sports underdog movies about Venus and Serena Williams when from the age that they're really young and Richard coming from almost nothing, you know, he, him having memories about being attacked by the Ku Klux Klan when he was younger. Like, Dang. Yeah. Um, and his father uh, not being around for him, turning a blind eye, really sad, tragic past. Mm-hmm. And him just believing enough in himself and his family and his stick to to create like a reality you know it's one of those like insane success stories venus and serena you know google them if you don't know them but they're amazing athletes and assuming that this movie's true they were 100 percent supported by their father and and got to be where they are by you know their father really believing in them and believing that they can change the world in a, in a sense change the game it's one of those classic underdog sports success stories that pulls at the heartstrings the whole time. I found it to be not only emotional and gripping, but also just super entertaining and well-made. I couldn't say enough good things about it. Is this one of Will Smith's finer performances? Because he has some really incredible dramatic performances. I, he, he does. I agree. I, Will Smith, there, I love everything he's ever done, to be honest. I, I There's not a movie, I don't think, that I could name. After Earth? Shyamalan? I, well, I should say I love him and everything he's done. <laughs> I love him. Like, I love that man. He's so ingrained in, like, me growing up. I used to watch Fresh Prince all the time on TV and mm-hmm. grew up with Independence Day and, and Men in Black. And, like, oh, yeah. you know, I've just I, – I love Will Smith. There's, he's an icon. Yeah, he's, totally. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Jersey Girl. I don't know Jersey Girl. He's got this amazing cameo in that movie kevin smith film oh anyway what about the rest of the cast are they the rest of the cast is great john bernthal's in it oh that's right and he's like playing I mean, against he's amazing that's yeah. a not asshole it's so funny because i've never seen him play this kind of character where he's essentially just like this like i've never heard him talk outside of having that grit that tone the bernthal grit yeah, the bernthal grit and he plays this kind of charismatic coach from Florida who's there to help his daughters. And all the girls were great. I really liked Richard's wife. Her name is Oracine in the movie or in real life, which is an awesome name. I love that name. Oracine? Oracine. 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 And she's played by Anjanu Ellis. Really, really, really good performance by her. She had a lot or just as much to do with their success as Richard did. 
and uh, she had a large role in seeing their marriage play out, and they constantly were bickering and fighting like a real married couple. Does she balance out Richard's intensity, or does she yeah, present that same? She does. The character arc for Richard really in the movie comes to its zenith in an argument with his wife, mm. and he has this sort of awakening moment because of that. But, uh, man, I love this movie. It was amazing. A really, really great film. I couldn't recommend it enough. I, I like Especially for streaming or for a theater, anywhere, both. It's so it's so entertaining because it's an underdog story. I mean, who doesn't like an underdog success story? The overdog doesn't like the underdog <laughs> story. True. I was thinking about this last night, but sports movies where you're watching these people who don't normally succeed um, succeed, like the movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg about the Eagles dude that basically came from just nothing and then Mm -hmm. tried out for the Philadelphia Eagles and then got there or like remember the Titans you know like these people who are up against the world essentially and these stories are amazing because unlike superhero movies they're real people that Mm -hmm. have actually succeeded in real life and I think that it makes it even more inspiring to watch because you're like wow this person really did this they literally shook that world until it fell to their knees like Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible to watch these movies i was thinking moneyball when you were moneyball is another i love moneyball you do love moneyball dude moneyball is an amazing movie i believe you (laughs) (laughs) you need to to see it have not seen it yet um i love jonah hill and i love brad pitt so i do love brad pitt i do love miss on pit big pit who directed king richard king richard was directed by ronaldo marcus green and uh good on him he did a great job he did a great job. Thanks, Reynaldo. Let's talk about House of Gucci. Yes. Directed by Ridley Scott. The Ridley Scott? Sir Ridley Scott? The same. The very same. <laughs> who just released The Last Duel. I wonder which one he did first. That's a good question because both of these movies landed in 2021. Toward the end of 2021. Within which, like which, two months of each other. Yeah, which seems like he delayed one for COVID or something. Yeah. That's a great question. But cast. You want to talk about the cast? Yeah. Absolutely. It's a bit of an ensemble, you could say. I would say ensemble, but <laughs> go ahead. So I guess the star of this, although not a Gucci herself by blood, but through marriage, yes, is Lady Gaga playing Patrizia Reggiani. Patricia. Oh, it's Patricia? Oh, it's Patricia. How do you, is it Reggiani? If you say like, everything <laughs> just like Mario, then you'll pretty much nail the accents that they had in the movie. Patrizia Reggiani. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how how Jared Leto spoke anyway. We have Adam Driver as Maurizio Gucci of the House of Gucci. And his father was uh, Jeremy Irons as Rodolfo Gucci. And then I think Pacino was his brother, right? Al Pacino played the other patriarch, uh, Aldo Gucci. There was also Paolo Gucci, played by Jared Leto, in a pretty transformative role. Paolo, yeah. Unrecognizable. (laughs) Transformative. I see what you did there. (laughs) I see what you did. There was also Jack Houston as Domenico de Sole. I'm just spitballing here with these pronunciations. You tell me if anything is completely wrong. And then also Salma Hayek as Pina. Pina. Her Ori- name was Pina. 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 You're like a little Pina? <laughs> <laughs> Salma Hayek played um, Psychic. Yeah. Who like ended up being like a mentor to Lady Gucci. and Like a wayward mentor? Yeah, so weird. It was such a weird... Isn't she like she was sort of the she was like sucking at the teat of yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that like Lady Gaga 
had money and she was just like hanging out with her. Was she like the Palpatine to Lady Gaga? Eventually she's the one. (laughs) Spoilers. We're in a spoiler territory, by the way. Yeah, full on. Spoilers. She's the one that hooks Lady Gaga up with the hitman in the end. Oh, that's right. Fascinating. You want to talk about his team? Yeah. So we already said Ridley Scott was the director on this House of Gucci and the cinematography was by Darius Wolski who is a frequent collaborator with Scott, also shot The Last Duel, shot The Martian, Prometheus, more recently, News of the World. We've got the also frequent collaborator, Harry Gregson-Williams, who scored both this and The Last Duel and The Martian. And the writing credits, a screenplay by Becky Johnston and Roberto Bentivegna, based on the book by Sarah Gay Forden. So, because after all, it is a biopic word of the day yeah i also really liked the soundtrack in this it had a really good 80s soundtrack interesting really places you in the time yeah and it kept the movie moving forward as well the whole time which is nice let's talk gucci is it a good is it a gucci movie (laughs) (laughs) it's a very gucci movie (laughs) i was thinking goofy it's a very goofy movie oh i see See, this movie was honestly really good. It had every, it like checked all the boxes. All the elements were there. It was proficiently made, technically well made, mm-hmm. shot. We do know Ridley's a good director. Yeah, I kept the whole time I was watching, I was thinking, wow, Ridley Scott's a really good director. Like, he's such a good director. The performances were amazing. Jared Leto chewed, chewed it up the whole time, he chewed it up and spit it out. We're about to see an interesting performance. It This whole thing where these very famous actors are covered up in makeup, uh, Christian Bale and Vice, or uh, Jared Leto here in Gucci, or um, Colin Farrell in the upcoming Batman movie, mm. it, it they're really fascinating because they can almost literally become different people. Mm-hmm. And so that's super fun to watch, is like knowing that Jared Leto's, you know, not, he doesn't look like Jared Leto, except maybe in the eye region but he just looks like a completely different person. He's talking like Mario the whole time. And it's it was super fun. That was the other thing. The movie was actually really fun as you're following the downfall of the House of Gucci. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the soundtrack was good. The pacing, the acting was great. Al Pacino was great. Jeremy Irons was fantastic. Jared Leto, Adam Driver, it was so good to see him. He did such a good job in this. Such an interesting role for him because Mauricio Gucci who he was playing seemed to be in this movie. He was portrayed to be a person who was really, didn't he not he, want it? He, yeah. He just wanted to be happy. Yeah. And he didn't really want the empire, but his wife, Patricia, 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 whatever. She kind of like drove him to take the mantle. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up like screwing his family over. And then in the end he kind of gets screwed over and then, and then he gets shot. <laughs> The ultimate screw. Yeah, and then dies. And it was very interesting because his dad's played by Jeremy Irons earlier in the movie kind of sets him up to be this this kind of very special person who probably, if he wasn't like rich or spoiled or grew up privileged, he probably could have made like a larger impact on the world because mm-hmm. he uh, he's kind of like a, a, a shaker, a mover, you know, that kind of thing. But Adam Driver played him really, really well. I loved watching him. He was I think my favorite part of the movie. I just love Adam Driver. Ever since Girls, everything else he's ever done. Yeah. I love him in that movie, What If, with Daniel Radcliffe. He's so funny. That movie's hilarious. With the nachos? Yeah. <laughs> I just had sex. I'm about to eat nachos. Uh, anyway, Bread so. Soup. 
And then Lady Gaga is by and large my favorite actress, one of my favorite actresses, and I love her and everything that she's in, all the way back down to uh, the meat dress. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I was gonna say American Horror Story season five. Oh yeah, where she plays a vampire. Powerful screen presence that one. But you know, unfortunately for th- for me, for this movie was. Again, although I realized its proficiency, I just had a hard time watching it. I think it was I think ultimately what it came down to is that it went on for a little bit too long. It either would have been more engaging as a serial on streaming or something, you know, an episodic, or it should have been chopped down by about 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it would have made it like a, a tighter movie. Because ultimately you know what's going to happen the whole time. You know that it's about essentially the downfall of the house of Gucci. Everyone gets screwed over. It dies in the end. They kind of set it up from the very beginning. And you, you know, so, so you're just kind of watching it play out then after that point. And although it is entertaining because of the strong performances, it just doesn't ultimately really matter in the end. You're just like, can can we just shoot him and get out of the theater? So, and I, I kind of feel bad saying that, you know, ultimately I think it's because Ridley Scott, you know, loves the cinema, the cinematic experience. Cinema. I feel like he's a lot like Scorsese where it's like he's yeah. all about the, the cinematic experience. and He won't compromise his own vision. Yeah. So he's not, I just feel like he's not going to. It, this movie honestly played out a lot like the movie Irishman for me where I'm just like. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I, Doesn't, it's not captivating you? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very well done. I can recognize everything about it is amazing. I just don't really care care yeah interesting ultimately and um to be honest i think king richard was a much more entertaining quality film i think everyone and even with the length they had the exact almost the exact same runtime off by about maybe five minutes and king richard was engaging the whole time house at gucci just didn't have me i mean even if you want to compare it to something like scorsese's like wolf of wall street it was not that because even that's entertaining. But this was more like, and by entertaining, I mean, it's just, it's just batshit crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> it's like balls of the wall nuts. Because you're watching these rich people just go crazy mm-hmm. and steal and cheat. This is more like, it's like you're watching somebody's life play out in a very well-made movie. And you're like, oh, oh that was that was really well done. And I can't really say anything negative about it because it was really well done. There's a lot of really good moments, a lot of really good scenes, a lot of... <sighs> It just wasn't like exciting enough. Essentially, is kind of what you're. Toward the end, I was just like, "Can I? I just want to. I just want to go." Right. Like, <laughs> so do you think it would have been different if you hadn't have known the outcome going in? Hmm. I'm just curious because there's not a lot of movies like this where it's so well made, but it's just not. You're right. As interesting, there aren't. I don't feel this way often. I did sort of feel this way about Braveheart. Braveheart? Yeah. People often Ooh. say Braveheart's like this masterpiece, and I'm like, can't I... wait to read the comment section on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'll leave this in out of fear. Right. But Was that Scott? No, that was um, directed by Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I don't know what it is, man. I really don't. I, I just... Because I don't think it's about you personally, because this is the consensus I've heard from my research, and I haven't seen it yet, but... if I That's what I'm saying, is like, ultimately, I, my theory when I watch a movie is that if it's well-made, I can recognize every part of why it's well-made. And then I can start to recognize why it's not connecting with me emotionally. Because ultimately, there's something emotional that happens 
to us as viewers when we watch a movie. And if that emotional connection is broken, mm-hmm. then we're not going to enjoy the experience. Or just absent. Yeah. And so usually if there's a broken connection, a broken emotional tie to the thing that's happening to me on the screen, the movie that's playing out on the screen, then I can usually deduce what about it technically was wrong or incorrect that made it that way. Right. I I can usually deduce that Mm -hmm. with this. The only thing that I can blame, the only thing is the editing. I just think the runtime was too long. I think a couple scenes should have been cut short. There's a couple scenes that were unnecessary. It was like they were just there because those were real events that actually happened. And Ridley Scott thought it would be interesting to leave in the movie. Right. And I ultimately think that those scenes end up becoming the detriment to the movie. I actually think maybe one of the things too, is that it should have been more focused on Lady Gaga's Patricia, Patricia character, because toward the end, she becomes very vindictive and spiteful Mm -hmm. and she's really hurt. And her whole thing is that Mauricio said he doesn't love her anymore. So she felt like, you know, she was just actually hurt because they had this love story, this actual love story that seemed legit. And she was hurt by him because he just all of a sudden cut her off and said, I want to divorce you. And she was like, well, I'm going to murder you then. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they should have, and it wasn't even that they didn't flesh that out. They did. They fleshed out her character and her motivation and all that was legit. But I think they could have focused a little bit more on her in the end Mm -hmm. and her spitefulness and then also chopped it down. But like I said, by about 30 minutes and I think it would have been a much tighter movie. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't blame it on anything else because everything else was amazing. Well, I think you should definitely check out the last duel at some point. I'm going to, I think it had all those things within that runtime still being the same. Yeah. Was it two and a half hours? It was. Yeah. But I, I, I still plan on it. Once it hits streaming, I'll watch it. I think you'll dig it. It plays that three-act structure really well. Yeah. It uses its time. I mean, honestly, I would recommend Gucci. I would also recommend King Richard. If mm-hmm. you were going to the theater to see one of those movies, uh, which is unlikely because West Side Story is coming out next week, the new Spielberg film, and then we got Spider-Man the week after that. So ton of stuff. But if you're like, hey, there's two movies out right now, and I'm really torn between Gucci and King Richard, I would say go see King Richard. I think you'll enjoy it more. But if you want to see, if you're very curious about the House of Gucci and and a little bit of the details of what went down in their family and the character, like the un- you want to know everything about the uncles and the fathers and the cousins and all that stuff, then go see House of Gucci. Uh, you'll probably enjoy it more than I did. A cautionary tale. <laughs> what is it? Will Smith versus Ridley Scott, basically? Or Will Smith versus Al Pacino? I don't know. Do you think Ridley Scott is one of those filmmakers who have... A, like, could you call him an auteur? Is it is it when you see a Ridley Scott film, you're seeing a Ridley Scott film? What made Ridley Scott famous was it Alien? Well, yeah, the one-two punch of Alien into Blade Runner. Okay, but so let's the, let's it, take everything post eighty-five. Let's say like, well, what did he have after that? He's had a lot of good movies and some lesser good movies. <laughs> auteur means essentially that you you're the harborer and creator. It's your singular vision. You're the harborer and creator of that whole piece of work but he also moves in and out of genre so well versus like some of these a24 guys who feel like they have a very specific they're singular also, style but they're also influenced by different people yeah i bet some of these a24 guys are even influenced by some of scott's early work he has films that i just completely forget about because there's such a wide what's just, after blade runner and before gladiator what's in that time period he did legend which is i think that was the tom cruise tim curry fantasy flick right 
which yeah. is apparently panned, but it's has a cult status. What do you mean panned? I did Black Rain. Like the legend has an abysmal rating on everything. Oh right. He did Black Rain, which was this. I don't even know how to describe it. Michael Douglas, Andy Garcia. And then like the next big thing he did was Gladiator, which was 2000. He did two movies from 85 to 2000. So in 15 years, he made Legend and Black Rain. He did G.I. Jane. Oh. But he even through that time, because he got his start in like commercial advertising, right? So he was still doing that. It looks like until the millennium. And then he started like really honing in. He did Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down all in two years. And then he did like Kingdom of Heaven and Matchstick Men. Apparently, the Kingdom of Heaven director's cut is like top tier of all time. And then he did a Good Year with Crow, American Gangster, Body of Lies. He did the Robin Hood with Crow. Yeah, I've seen all of these. And then we get our, and then we get uh, a decade of swinging and some hit and some miss. Swinging and a miss. Opening with Prometheus. <laughs> I love Prometheus. Into the Counselor. Which was, depending on who you talk to, one of the worst movies of all time, or also another cult status film. That's, that's an interesting film. I don't film. think I've seen that. The only reason I know that film is because there's a scene with uh, Brad Pitt where he's walking down the street and someone throws like a, some kind of apparatus around his head and it chops his head off on the side of the road. What? In a, in a city. It's an insane scene. Like Brad Pitt is brutally murdered. Anyway, there's that. And then he did Exodus, Gods, and Kings, which is what would relatively be known as a stinker. <laughs> and, but then he came back with The Martian, and then he went down again for Alien Covenant. <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about that movie. That's the one Alien movie I've never seen. That's, you're fine. And then he did All the Money in the World, and the next time we saw Scott, it was his last duel in House of Gucci. Both really good movies. Yeah. Both good movies. And he's got a lot of stuff in the pan right now, or in the... Gladiator 2, baby. Yeah. And the Napoleon. Kit bag. Napoleon. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Napoleon one. Napoleon Bone Apart. And he's probably going to kill it. A Bone Apart. That'll be your memoir. A Bone Apart. (laughs) And that's the cast on the day. (laughs) Are you going to see Hasaguchi still? I'm going to, I think. And I want to see Spencer still, which I want to do very badly. Even more than House of Gucci. Yeah, we should... I will briefly say on the podcast, Spencer is one of those movies that if it is nominated for Best Picture, which I think has like a 40, 50% chance, we will cover it at that time. Otherwise, we will not cover it because I don't think... I mean, if I see it, I'll drop a word in at the yeah, next cast. Yeah. But And here is a song from the soundtrack of House of Gucci. 80s throwback is the thing that we're into in 2021. 